Welcome to the show. You're listening to Hope Radio Podcast, stories, profiles, and interviews of courage, triumph, and perseverance. That's sometimes hard to get out of my mouth. <laughs> my name is Sean Davis. I'm your humble host, and joining me as always, my co-hostess with the mostest, my beautiful wife. Her name is... Just Jen. And you're with us on our Hope train rolling down the tracks we are hawkers of hope we are originators of optimism we are purveyors of positivity and engineers of encouragement that's who we are we're a whole lot of things we are a whole lot of things we are we are all (laughs) of the things i'm excited i'm excited for today's show we got a great great fascinating interview okay i'll tell you about that in a little bit but um it's good to get back in the swing of things. Yes. We've been out of the is. saddle for a few weeks. A few weeks. Forgive us. We apologize to our listeners mm-hmm. for being out of the saddle for three yeah. weeks. But we, we uh, literally left the country. We literally left. Could not <laughs> take it. Best thing Best thing for our mindset, I think. Best yeah. thing for our attitude. Changed my face a little bit. Yeah. Made Physically. It, made colorful. us happy and we came back and we're happy. Even though we're on another shutdown, lockdown. Shutdown, lockdown, pandemic, man. Big time out. This sucks. (laughs) Doesn't it sometimes? Sometimes you just go, it sucks. You know, it's like. Yeah, it's not ideal for anyone, I don't believe. Hey, it's opening up and now it's closing down. Yeah. Well, Well, if everyone can just stay home for two weeks, we probably could open up, but nobody wants to follow the rules. No. Well, you want to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. I'm generally not a rule follower. Yeah. I just want to stay home. Let's just all just listen and then we can move on and live our own happy lives however we like. I just want to know, like realistically, mm-hmm. just so I can, you know, frame my mind correctly when, when I think it's going to be over. And I think we still got another maybe year. Yeah. It's really hard to plan life when you just don't know. I just don't know when things are going to open or close or whatever. But, you know, here's what I do know. What We're do doing a podcast in the midst of the pandemic. Pandemic. <laughs> I didn't come out right. In the midst of the pandemic, and we want to encourage hope. So if you're listening, if you're frustrated along with us, well, we hope to bring some levity, some smiles, some information, some encouragement. And ultimately, our goal is to bring hope to you. Yes. That was good. That was, you like, it was yeah. good. You have like a magic wand you pointed at me. Yeah. That, a, that meant it was my turn to say something. Yes. You had the talking stick. No, I, I had g- the talking stick. I gave you the talking stick. Yeah. Yay. Guess what? Can I have it all the time? You already have <laughs> it all the time. You For those take of it you away. that don't know about my life with Jen, she got one mouth, but she used it like she got four mouths. Five. Five, Five mouths. mouths. Yeah. Like you, you, I don't have to worry about, you know, quiet time. <laughs> There is no such thing as quiet time. <laughs> nope, there's not. Wouldn't wouldn't have you any other way, though. I have a lot to say. You do. I do. Such as your joke. It's time for joke time. Are you ready for my joke? I'm ready for your joke. Okay, let's do this. Go ahead. So, actually, the, I, this is just a story. So, I was with my girlfriend the other day. Okay. I just wanted to tell you. Okay. And she thinks that she's so smart. She's really um, she said that onions are the only food that can make you cry. So I was like, no. And I threw a freaking coconut at her. <laughs> she didn't stop crying. 
I love your poo jokes. As an homage to you, I like that yeah. one. I bet she kept crying. As an homage to you, <laughs> as a tribute, tribute to Jen. Okay. I got myself a food joke. Oh. All right. Okay. You ready? Yep. I've just written a song about tortillas. I love tortillas. Well, actually, it's more of a rap. I love tortillas like fried with butter and cheese. <laughs> oh, was that the joke? <laughs> I didn't get it. I'm just sitting here looking. You, I just spoke one word, tortilla. And then all of a sudden she imagined all the things (laughs) that she was going to do with a tortilla. And she missed the punchline of my joke. I heard, I I know. You want to hear it again? Yeah. So it's fresh? Yeah. But I was still thinking about tortillas. Weren't you thinking about tortillas? Jennifer, stop. I love tortillas. Like the fresh homemade flour tortillas. All of them. I want them all. Go ahead. You get it's the talking stick. It's hard for me. Now, now you've the put stick. it into my head. So I've just written a song about tortillas. Okay. Actually, it's more of a rap. <laughs> <laughs> you get it now? I, no, I don't really get it. What? What, what? what do you mean it's a rap? Like raps. Oh, like, like a, a tortilla. Like a, like a, like a rap. chicken wrap. Like a Kanye West rap. No. Oh. Like a rap. You no, know, you do a rap no. with the tortillas, but yeah, it's a play on the two. W-R-A-P, rap, yeah, yeah. and R-A-P, okay. rap. I like it. It shouldn't be something <laughs> I have to explain like I'm that. I'm still thinking about tortillas. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm so hungry. Let's go make tortillas. All right. Sounds like we're going to plan it. But before we do that, we've got to do an interview. Okay. And so I'm excited to share with you. I've got Scott Seymour coming on the line. He's mm-hmm. the CEO of a company called Evolving Gladiators, and it's also going to be a podcast about to launch, literally about to launch in the next week, week and a half, possibly two weeks. I think he said two weeks, but can't wait to, to hear about that. He's also got an Instagram handle called Journey of Man. So you can find him on Instagram at journey underscore of underscore man. And that's how I found him. Yeah. And I read a little bit about a story and I thought, you know, he's a mindset coach. Uh, he's got some stuff, some interesting things to share. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I'm going to see if this gentleman would like to come on our podcast. And guess what? He said yes. He said yes? Yes. Is he a gladiator? I hope so. Because, you know, like, I, that's my favorite movie. I secretly want to be a gladiator. Okay. That's, I think that's why I watched the... UFC so much is like <laughs> octagon like you competing against another man so we're gonna find out if he's a gladiator okay and find out what he has to share and let's do it let's call him up all right you ready uh-huh all right I've got Scott Seymour on the line welcome to the show Scott how are you today I am wonderful how are you <laughs> yeah I like it some enthusiasm yeah. some sound, excitement sound very happy you don't sound like you're in the midst of a pandemic at all nope <laughs> I'm in the middle of thriving hey you are thriving I like it yeah. we like to talk to thriving people we think it's contagious so like if you're thriving hopefully everybody that's listening is gonna I'm be thriving, thriving. I'm thriving too. See? I'm, you know, living your best pandemic life. We're like the thriving crew. <laughs> I like it. That's, that's the best type of pandemic. Yeah, right? That is. And that's the only one that we choose to participate in, you know, because otherwise you get discouraged, you get upset, you get anxious, and we don't want none of that. None of that on this show. Nope, not today. 
Well, welcome. I, you know, I was excited to talk with you. I, I read some of your story on Instagram and what I read kind of, you know, clicked a, a memory in my mind, reminded me of myself, reminded me of uh, some of my childhood and some of my mindsets. And, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to reach out to this gentleman here and see if I can't get him on my show. So I'm excited to have you on. I know you're a mindset coach. I know you're CEO of Evolving Gladiators. And all I got to say is I want to be a gladiator. And I know your Instagram <laughs> handles Journey of Man. I just, you know, I just want, I want to get to it all, Scott. You got to just, we just got to jump into it because it's, I feel like I'm going to love it. Mm. Yeah, uh, so Evolving Gladiators is something that came about between myself and my best friend and business partner, Jesse Cove, uh, who's an actor and producer and writer. And we just got tired of the fact that men today, presently, um, we kind of get pigeonholed into this, I don't want to be crass, but like a don't be a pussy complex or that it's wrong to be vulnerable and that it's wrong to share your feelings, but you got to lock it up in this box somewhere. And we like to ride motorcycles. We like to ride horses. We like to shoot guns. We like, we love to do all the throwing axes, whatever it is, but we also like to do that internal work on ourselves and then bring this stuff to light and then figure out how we can be better brothers, better sons, better role models for society that we just don't see a lot of men showing. But I, I mean, after talking and, and meeting you, I know that you are definitely one of those men who exemplifies those things that, that really are the true values of what men should be standing for. Hey, I, this is this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out and shoot guns, and I'm going to make shit explode, and then I'm going to cry at a sentimental, tearful commercial that jerks at my heartstrings, and that's just who I am. Jen will look over at me, and I'll be watching a commercial. Usually it's like a father-son commercial or something <laughs> like that, and she's are you crying? I'm like, yeah, what about it? I'm in touch with my emotions. I'm a well-rounded human man. So, you know. Yeah. All while you're walking away from explosions. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the most appropriate time to do so. Shoot something, make it explode, you know, get that out, and then just a, just a tiny tear streaming down my face over something sentimental, you know, in touch with the emotions, in touch with the aggression, in touch with the masculinity, and the taboo word for men, femininity. Yeah. Jen calls me the chick in the relationship. He, That's why, you know. Because you are. What? Yeah. I'm the dude. You're the you're chick. The, you're the dude? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a Viking. Sometimes. <laughs> and I think that the problem most people have is they say that, you know, they, they ignore the fact that we have masculine and feminine energies in both men and women. Mm -hmm. And there's ways that, that women have to utilize that aspect of their masculine energy. And there are ways that men really have to embody some of their feminine energies so that they can be more well-rounded versus just the aggressors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jen, Jen's got, uh, she's got I'm, a double dose of masculine in her. <laughs> she's, she's like a Viking warrior princess that will beat you down. If you look at her sideways. Yeah. I, I never really had the princess side. You never wanted to be the pretty princess girl. No. Oh, I'm not pretty. No, you are. <laughs> Oops. Hey, let me, sometimes when words come out of your mouth, like you want to, you want to take no, them back. You beautiful. Not pretty. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Stunning. I want to be the dirty man. What? Yeah. I'm always dirty. Sean and I run trails. So we're always literally dirty. 
Always. Thank you for explaining. Yeah, you know, and to make sure, like most people think dirty <laughs> differently than I think dirty. So, <laughs> Jennifer, it's I'm not that a, kind of a show. I'm a trail runner. I know. Dirty. No. Okay. Okay. You're sometimes smelly too. Like <laughs> the liquid awesome is what you call it. Like man. the dude. She gets up in the morning, does like 45 minutes on a Peloton, and then goes for a trail run, and then I don't know what else. Lifts yeah. weights and. See, I'm the dude. <laughs> you are the dude. You're just not. Meanwhile, realizing. I've got the eye mask on and just trying to wake up from the morning and oh yeah let's stop telling our secrets <laughs> i know we gotta get into we gotta get into scott's secrets all right scott you know you got you got some stuff to share i know liquid awesome i love this that's what i'm gonna start calling by sweat liquid awesome that's what it is that's what that's what it is, it is. do work son generate some liquid awesome <laughs> We do that daily. You can, you can tell that we haven't been by the podcast in a few weeks. You know, we've been down to Mexico for like three weeks. And so like we're, we're, we're all excited to just talk. Yeah. Talk on the show. Yeah, I know. And I don't <laughs> normally talk. I'm just quiet. You are normally more quiet than you are today. I had coffee. <laughs> Although you have lots of words. Jen, Jen has lots of words, she says throughout the day. If an average woman speaks 20,000 words a day, she speaks like 40,000. Maybe 50. Maybe 60. Yeah. Sean told me to stop talking the last two days. What? You're <laughs> Anyways, telling let's stop again. talking about us. I want to hear what he has to say. We don't what want is it? Men are, men are simple and stupid, and women are <laughs> difficult and worth it. There you yes. go. <laughs> I Amen. like that. I like that. So tell us a little bit about Evolving Gladiators, because I love, I love that name. I, you know, I know you mentioned about you know, changing kind of the mindset around men, but like, how did this come about? What are you trying to do with it? Where is it going? Yeah, it's uh, it's really been it started off as like a passion piece, but we're you know we're my brother and I are really on a mission uh, to change the conversation that men and women are having, and that kind of starts with ourselves. So we're trying to open the mind to new methods and of healing while simultaneously supporting everyone by reaching their peak physical, emotional, spiritual heights. Uh, and the best way to do that is by bringing other people the way that you are bringing myself on, and thank you onto your show bringing different uh, people, whether nutritionists or doctors, and bringing in new methodologies in that they can apply to their, uh, their repertoire. What, what do you think is the biggest single, like if you could change one thing through this mission of Evolving Gladiators in the, in the mindset of men, like what's the biggest thing that you're trying to overcome as either a misconception, misperception, you know, whatever. What what is what is that? Uh, I think that one of my one of my brothers, Brian, put it really well recently, and he said that our perceived weaknesses are truly our superpowers. I like that a lot. Our perceived right. weaknesses are truly our superpowers. So, for example, being in touch with your emotions. Being, being open and not saying that vulnerability is weakness, but vulnerability is our power. Um, looking to the places where, and it's called shadow work, but it's looking at the places that we don't like to look at uh, and, and really explore those places. And it's, we internally feel kind of taboo because we've been told that these things are bad, but learning to embrace those sides of ourselves. And learning to, to learn from the feelings that we start shutting down. We, we start to feel uncomfortable in modern day society. We grab a phone. We grab a distraction. That didn't make me happy. What can make me happy? Mm-hmm. We're told that not being happy is bad. But sometimes our whole idea is to sit and become intimate with discomfort 
and to become intimate with our pain. Our pain, if it's in our body, it's telling us something. It's showing us where something is wrong. It's showing us a message. Our emotional pain is doing the same thing. But if we shut that off, it's cutting off the transaction that our emotions are trying to have with our soul. So if we become intimate with that pain and just as opposed to shining it away and saying bad, that's horrible, but saying becoming curious. Or as a as learning a, that they're I was just gonna say some some go people go to the opposite side of it and try to mask it with you know, alcohol or drugs or porn or some something else that uh, takes them out of whatever they're experiencing. And I agree you cannot you cannot grow without discomfort. You can't grow without awkwardness. You can't grow without pain. Think about the basics of physical exercise and fitness and bodybuilding. You know, you've got to go through pain in order for you to grow. And I think emotionally people, you know, like when it comes to really difficult, really hard things that they're experiencing, for example, right now during the pandemic, you know, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of uncertainty. Some people don't do very well at all with uncertainty. This is the chance. I think what you're saying is this is the time to not try to mask it, not try to hide it, not try to stuff it, but to address it, sit with it, experience it, and then let it do what it's supposed to do, which is ultimately change you. There's a lesson to be learned there. There's an experience to be had there. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Without question. Not not to be morbid, but if someone is there with you when someone passes away, you're, you're, you're emotionally tied to that person because they were able to be there with you and through those things. We, we, we do. We have those transformational growths in these times when we're experiencing these feelings. And I do, I completely understand and I agree that sometimes it's not the right time to deal with that emotion because we have to press on with what's going on. And similar to a Hummer running through the desert, you know, you might have to lock up your emotions and, and lock them on the side of the, you know, your chassis so that you can get through everything. But eventually you have to open that stuff up and you have to air it out and you really have to process that so that you can have the growth from it. Yeah, you, you, what you just said reminded me of a movie I watched yesterday, really, really good uh, movie that Tom Hanks on Apple TV called Greyhound. It's about World War II. Oh, and this, the, the, did you, have you seen it? I haven't seen it, but I, I'm excited to because I know it's the first one that he's written, I believe. Yeah, look forward to it because that that movie, I mean, like from the moment it, it kind of opens up until the end is just nonstop. But, you know, what you keyed in on there is that you don't have, sometimes you don't have the time to sit with those emotions. Sometimes you don't have the time to reflect. And, you know, I was just reminded of that because in battle, in the midst of, of carnage, like you're, you're seeing all kinds of stuff all around you. You're anxious, you're, you know, you're scared, you're fearful, you're all these things, but you don't have time to react to any of that stuff. You just got to, you know, like move forward and I think that's that's where PTSD comes from because I've had several people on the show you talk about time in combat and things like that Mm -hmm. and some of those you know they don't have time to process it it's only you know months weeks days years later that that stuff comes bubbling up to the surface and so you know I think it it is important to uh, to deal with those emotions I guess my question for you would be like how did all of this originate how did this become a passion for you specifically you know what where where in your life did you connect with this mission? Yeah, um, it came because right before uh, my wife and I got married um, on uh, September 8th of 2018. And before we did, uh, 
we hired, I was, it was begrudgingly to me at the time. I did not want to jump on board with this, but our wedding gift to each other was to have guidance counselors and to up the level of our communication. We're doubling down on ourselves. Let's double down on our communication to each other. I really wanted a watch. I really wanted a Panerai watch, but we, <laughs> we <laughs> love we, those watches. I'm a fan of Panerai as well. But uh, I, I realized that that is a toy and I will get the toys that I would like later on. But what I need to do is to double down on my partner. And it was, without a doubt, the best thing that we've ever done for ourselves. I don't attribute our relationship. I know that our, it's our work that we've done, but I definitely attribute uh, our counselors, Rudy and Kelly. They taught us how to communicate appropriately. And they taught us about how we have to become intimate with our pain and to communicate. Um, that has turned into friendships and partnerships and uh, leading men's retreats since then. But it really is the quality of our communication dictates the quality of our life. And that applies, yes, to other people, but that applies first and foremost to ourselves because we can only communicate with someone else as well as we communicate with ourselves. And that kind of translates out to all of our outside relationships in a similar way that I say, wow, someone can only love as much as they felt pain and to the depths of that, which is exponential and is limitless. It's, it's very similar that it's the level of communication is put that way. Um, and I, you know, I let my ego get the best of me and, and respond poorly and selfishly before, before this counseling started. I, whenever I got angry, I, I swore, I yelled, I threw things. I never, I never hit her. I never threw things at her. It was like my expression. And then I, you know, I, I pounded on walls or I, I pounded on it. When I was a kid, I punched a hole through a door. I hadn't done that in years. But it's like the way I vented and communicated was so poor. But it was also a direct reflection as to how well I knew myself. And I, communicating yourself is hard when your inner wirings are all frayed and your balancing levels are off. So I was balancing Adderall alcohol, marijuana. I wasn't even intimate with my own pain because I was so far from baseline for so long. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a challenge for many folks. I, I was there. I did the same thing. Back in 2009, uh, being in the financial services industry, you know, we had the Great Recession um, recently and then, or excuse me, in the Great Recession in 2009. And that that really, for me at, at the time, was um, extremely devastating. It, it caused a situation where people at that time, I mean, the stock market lost 50% of its value in six months. People were uncertain. It was like chicken little, the sky's fallen. And uh, it just, I, I turned to alcohol. I was consuming a 750 milliliter bottle of vodka every, every two days. You know, I was drinking in the morning. You know, I was putting Sunny D and vodka together and, and going to work. And I'm like, this is not good. And it took, uh, you know, God really kind of bringing me to a place of, of surrender. Um, almost lost Jen, you know, my kids, my business, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was, it was a very trying time. But through that, I, I just surrendered. I gave it all to God and uh, haven't had a drop of alcohol since. And uh, really, that was the beginning of a huge rise for me. It's like the, I heard somebody say once, the valley prophesized the mountain. In other words, the bigger the valley, the bigger the mountain, you know, the bigger, bigger the divide. And so I think that a lot of people need to, to hear that and know that encouragement that even though you're going through something that could be devastating to you right now, 
you have no idea of the beauty that can come from that if you do the work. If you if you focus on doing what you're talking about, that introspective work. Why, you know, I was I was angry. I I was a, I'm a yeller. You know, so it's taken me like 40 plus years to try to get myself out of that. I don't know why. It's not like I really had that as a kid, but it's just my way of my biggest emotional struggle is with the emotion or feeling of frustration. Like I don't handle it well. And so it makes me uh, angry or volatile or, or, you know, Jim was looking at me when you said you punched a hole in the, in the door when you were a kid. Cause I, <laughs> there was a door in my bedroom at my dad's house that had knuckle prints. It had three knuckle prints on it. Cause I had taken a, a swing at the door. So I, I know where you're going. You it, know, process. it wasn't quite a hole. It was just the three knuckles. Thank you for sharing that it was not a hole. <laughs> I mean, if you're a gladiator, there'd be a hole. So. so you're you're basically saying, had you punched it, your fist would have gone through the door. Well, yeah, you have to complete the job. <laughs> you did it halfway. There, there are times when we're halfway into it, and then we have our own self-restraint. And we're like, oh, am I really doing this? I was, there's I was, shame in it when we're doing it. Yeah. See, Scott's, Scott's got me. I, I, you know, I was exercising self-restraint. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to give it my full all, you know, because I might have I made it come off the hinges. Yeah. Well, halfway through, you're probably like, yeah. why am I doing this? You know, like, no, it's about the point on? where your knuckles are bruised for the next three days. That's that's why you that's when you start doing regardless. The self-reflex. It's not recommended. And yeah. for everyone listening, do do not do that. It's not good. Well, the good news is that you can overcome that. Yeah, I haven't done that Absolutely. in 30 years. Yeah, you learned your lesson. I did. OK, give me a prize. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, you. <laughs> Yay, Sean. Good job on not hitting a door boat. for 30 years. Yeah. But I was, I, where, where we talked about being kindred spirits over, over the movie Gladiator, but, you know, you're as deeply connected with people who resonate with you. I, I, I was in the same boat as far as, you know, a bottle of alcohol within a day or two days mm-hmm. and, and turning it over and, and hiding it and, and, and putting it in different places and making, and thinking I'm outsmarting everything and just truly just, just disconnecting myself further because everyone has realization a moment of realization when they realize that things have to change the way that things are going and for me at the time before we got married I knew how to self-medicate and manage my pain so well I mean I knew how to, to balance all three of the medications that I was doing to get by but it did take this moment of knowing that I no longer just wanted to get by I didn't have a I, I I didn't have a deep dark rock bottom moment. I just knew that I needed to channel grace to find a possibility of a way where addiction didn't rule the show. That's good. That's and really I was good. In a place where I, I was in a place where I wasn't at peace, and I knew that there was a better way. I didn't know the way, but at least I was saying yes. I'm open to doing the work. What is what is the better way? How did you find that? What was what was the first step in that journey? Once you came to that realization, how did you move on from there? How did you get on the path to where you are now? That's that's when it truly within within days of that happening, that's when six months pre wedding after a fight that my wife said we really need to do this, and I was like, I don't want to get a counselor. I don't need counseling. I'm, but it, it's. <laughs> It's just, I was begrudging it. it. It was like working on a relationship with other couples. And then she said, 
what about this couple? And I said, well, they therapists, they're not therapists, but they, they taught us how to communicate Mm -hmm. and they taught us how to listen and they taught us how to hold space for each other's pain. And that transformed my life because it's okay to have things to talk about and to discuss and to disagree with and argue about. It's how you talk about these things with each other that really kind of transforms and how you become intimate with that pain. And they taught us about when you, how you even become intimate to begin with that, that understanding that it comes from understanding where the pain comes from and what it's teaching you Uh, a metaphor to another wartime movie is the hurt locker. If you haven't seen it, like even in the trailer, they pull up one mine and you can see the web of, of veins that go into the ground of everything that it's connected to. They taught us how to do that homework on ourselves so that when we show up for a passionate, intimate conversation that really is something soulful, that we don't just show up with our triggers. Mm. We show up with the triggers on the surface and then we show up with where we figured out that when we pulled up that theme and we followed that thread, you know, because all of us have a past. All of our parents and our teachers all kind of effed us up in our own way in our past. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's a matter of saying, hey, this is how this affected me. And this is where that comes from. And here's the whole package. And not just expressing that, but, you know, specifically, there were tools in that toolbox of of no distractions during these times, uh, of sitting eye to eye with each other, keeping eye contact. No phones are allowed in this area because this is a sacred space. And when you're holding space for deep pain, you're doing emotional surgery with each other in a way. Mm-hmm. So you need to you need to keep it sanitized with with that protection. And and when you look at each other in a certain way and you you hear the other person, you don't just go off until she says something to me about her pain and then I get to respond. No, I have to hear it, let it sit with me and then repeat it back to her so that she knows that she was heard, not just listening, but making sure that the other person feels how heard they were. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that a lot. Jen Jen and I are the product of a lot of counseling. So in 2009, when everything kind of hit the fan, I was drinking, et cetera, we we decided to go to counseling and we went to couples counseling for, couple of years, mm-hmm. I want to say, two, two to three years, somewhere in that range. And then I continued on for another four after that. I cannot speak highly enough about what a good therapist can do because, you know, none of us are given a, a rule book. Hey, here's Sean Davis's, uh, you know, owner's manual. And when he does this, you're going to want to look for these reasons, you know, like it's just, you, you don't, a lot of times you just don't know where that's coming from. You know, some of mine was... Trauma as a, as a young kid, you know, I was abused by a, an older female babysitter. I, you know, had a stepfather that was verbally abusive to me. And so, like, you don't know that this stuff, you know, is, is way down deep inside you, bubbling up in certain areas of your life and decision-making. And it wasn't until I went through counseling and kind of went into that drawer from 20, 30 years before and, and just started taking out every piece of dirty laundry I had in my drawer to, to sit with it, to evaluate it, to think about it, to, to 
you know, process it. And then uh, coming out the other side, you know, I, I would say to every, I think it should be a requirement as part of graduating high school, et cetera. You know, like going into life is, is going through counseling, you know, going through a year worth of talking and counseling and et cetera. Because I think a really good therapist can do wonders for somebody. Yeah, it, it, I couldn't agree more. Like stuff internally and the way that you function and your energy and how you process your thoughts shift like your stuff can change internally and transform a situation when someone actually listens to you i i mean i i know that we connected on this too i was i was molested by my grandfather when i was a kid um and uh and through a a female babysitter that was in my neighborhood and it's stuff that is so painful to unearth and address and then and then realize that they did that and versus having anger and angst for that because somewhere along the lines that probably happened to them too. Yeah. And there's a whole line of trauma and pain behind that, that hasn't had healing and to be the person to try to fix that part of the wheel and just hold space for that stuff so that it can actually breathe and then be healed versus continue on in its lineage of pain. Well, continuing on with your uh, evolving gladiators theme, break the chains. I wanted to break the chains of alcoholism. I wanted to break the chains of sexual dysfunction. I wanted to break the chains Mm. of all that, you know, like, because I think you're right. I think hurt people hurt people. I think that if somebody was molested as a child, it makes them far more likely to you know, not only wrestle with that kind of stuff into adulthood life, but also carry around baggage that maybe it's not that, but it could lead to explosive problems in other areas of somebody's life. And so I think that that's, you know, break those chains. That's That's been my mantra for my four boys. I got four young men I'm trying to bring into the world, God-honoring, strong, faithful, centered, balanced you know, young men. And so if I'm going to be, you know, an example for them, I got to get rid of some of these chains I've been carrying around. Well, as a, as a soul brother to you and for someone who appreciates and and is looking up to men who are doing that kind of work, I, I truly honor you and want to say thank you for doing that work and for doing that and, and changing how it's running for you for your sons because there need to be more men like you that are doing that work. Well, thank you for that. I I appreciate that. You know, I think the biggest motivator for me is wanting to be a good dad, you know, wanting to be a good example, wanting, you know, because I do see how the world's changing and I don't think it's getting easier. I think things are getting more challenging. And so I think to have um, a mindset of equipping my kids with as few you know, ball and chain anchors as possible is, is the best thing. I mean, we have active discussions with them about alcohol. We have active discussions with them about drugs. We have active discussions with them about social media and the power of it and how permanent it is, you know, relative to sexting and all the other stuff that can happen later. We have active discussions with them about, you know, the pandemic and debt and how debt can be corrosive to their future and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I agree with your mission. I think that we need, more men in the world that are competent in their own skin and and confident in their abilities and have few of these anchors as possible around their uh, around their necks and i think alcoholism for a lot of men is a problem i think porn for a lot of men is a problem i think that there's a lot of challenges that uh, interrupt men from reaching their maximum potential and so i wanted to try to eliminate as many of those as i could for my own boys 
beautiful. It, and it's so important for our partners as partners and relationships or just people that we live out our life with to know that when we're communicating about how we're triggered about things, that how we're hurt doesn't necessarily mean that they were the creator of the wound. Yeah. They're just rubbing up against it. Like the thorn in the skin analogy. Our partners didn't put the thorn into our skin. They just rubbed up, rubbed up against the thorn that hasn't been taken out yet. And those are wounds that are unhealed that just need the sensitive, you know, surgery to have those things pulled out and addressed. Yeah, I agree. Hey, what is your journey of manhandle on Instagram? Where's, what's the origin of that? <laughs> it, uh, it got made fun of even at my bachelor party. Um, but uh, it's it's the best definition as to what I feel like is the process of what I was started walking through. It's the process of we're all on our own journey. And it's if, as we're trying to create a better future for ourselves, the best way that, and since Instagram is a pictorial dictation as to a photo book of our life, it's just saying this is, this is, my honest account and this is my honest journey and as I can only speak from my authentic place I'm you know this is my own soul man journey of it and I really think it's it's important because it kind of ties into and I've, I've tied into the the journey of man and I've really delved into my porn addiction and uh and my weed addiction and, and my alcohol addiction of the past and it's people are afraid to talk about these things. And I love the fact that you're so open and are able to talk about these things with your son and with myself and with other people, because these wounds don't get the light. And it's, there's the old roomy quote that the wound is the place where the light enters you. Interesting. You know, I haven't important. heard that before. It, the wound is the place where the light enters you. Yeah. The wound is the place where the light enters you. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's important for us to know that we can learn how we are the way that we are by self-investigation and analyzation of all of these wounds and not be afraid of becoming truly intimate with our pain and investigating it and learning from it and not distracting ourselves with phones or movies or technology and shopping and eating or the gym, but to sit with it and to feel it, learn from the sensations. It's all part of the human experience and the quality of our life. Like it's a, it's a beautiful, one of my mentors, Tony Robbins, it's the quality of your life is dictated by the quality of your communication. The depth of how much we love is mirrored by the depths of which we felt pain. And it's pain is in a week. My, my coach, uh, beautiful, beautiful soul. And, and, uh, and man, Jordan Bach, he said that uh, pain isn't a weed to be pulled. It's a doorway to walk through. <laughs> I like that a lot. I think that that could be a, a great hope quote. You know, it's not, not something to eliminate. It's a door to walk, walk through. And so you and you, let me ask you this. You and Jesse started Evolving Gladiators. You guys do a podcast. And mm -hmm. so having done the podcast, you know, interviewing people like we're interviewing you, like what is the biggest surprise? What is the biggest thing you've learned in doing that? Because I've learned a lot doing this in the short time that we have. I'm just curious what you guys have learned either about men or about yourself or about society or whatever in, in doing your podcast. 
Um, one of my favorite things that I've had as a takeaway from one of our nutritionists that really sat with me is, uh, is that we're not just what we eat, but what we're, what we eat ate. And it's about being conscious and aware specifically as to, it's not just the food we're eating, but if something matters, everything matters. And if there's trauma in an animal, does that transfer over? And if there's, it's not just even that, it's the way the workers that worked in the field were treated, were they abused? It's like, it, it carries on, they even, there's a study about uh, water being frozen and then the word love and hate being put on the outside of it and the way that people were speaking to it, that it crystallized differently. And, and the way that people show up affects mm. society and affects life and it affects the world that we live in. And so just being mindful as to that. And I think, I think parallel to that would also be um, one of the things that, because we are the, one of the guests that we brought on the show was wise and went to London and was from Hawaii and was tying his wisdom into uh, Dwayne Johnson and the rock. And there's an old saying that says we are a culmination of the five people that we hang out with the most. Mm-hmm. And it, I've always liked that, but he drove it in uh, like one hammer swing deeper, I guess, so to say when, when he said that that's true about your life's ambitions, that but the rock says that it's so weird to call someone the rock. That's what Dwayne Johnson says. <laughs> we call him DJ. Is that, DJ? DJ. <laughs> is that we're a culmination of how dedicated the five people around us are, that we're only as motivated as those five people are. So that has changed myself and my friendships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are people that I love so dearly and I have to limit the time that I spend with them because it truly changes the the way in which we show up for everyone else and how we fill our cup and how we empty it is truly dictated upon that and we have to be very careful to say no in certain places because saying no in certain places is saying yes to ourselves. Mm Mm-hmm. Jed and I have lived enough life to have learned that lesson. Yeah, for sure. A while, <laughs> a while back. Yep. Yeah. So you know, we we keep a very very tight circle mm-hmm. of both friends and family. Yeah. And uh, for those reasons, just because you you know you just got to guide your peace. Yeah. You got to guide your. Like you just quality over quantity. Yeah. You just no no drama, no, no problems. Mm -hmm. You want people that lift you up. You want people that inspire you. You want people that are helpful and think fondly of you. You don't want critical. Yeah. You want to hang out with people who love you just as much as you love them. Yeah. I I think that's so important, you know, Mm -hmm. that, yeah, that they, they, because we're the type that would do anything for somebody that we care about. And like, you want that from somebody that's either family or that cares about you, you know? And so I think that that's a really important lesson. And for those that haven't learned it yet, um, it's one of those ones that, yeah, you got to go through the experiences, I think, to learn it. And then once you do learn it, you're like, okay, I get it. Well, you know, what's funny is our kids, our oldest Colby is 23 and he's already learning it. So you know, like with his friend circle, he's already learning this lesson. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. He, he learned it before we did then, you know, age-wise comparison. <laughs> I think he watched us go through our friendships. Yeah. You know, and 
Yeah, in 2009, when, his I, when I gave up alcohol, I, I pretty much gave up every majority of the yeah. friends that we had at that time. You know, just I had to because it's just it's like we were just going a different way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I knew that many of them would not be on that journey with mm-hmm. me, you mm-hmm. know, and so like you, you, you got to do that. But I want to go back to something else you said, because it was something that was really interesting. I had not heard this. You said something about ice and it crystallized different depending on how the words were. Yeah, you know I want to go and experiment with that now. Now you do? Yeah. Okay, well, it, what I was keying in on was the whole words matter. Yes. Right? Guess, so, yes. like, I've been on this mantra, Scott, and, and I think it's going to end up mm. becoming a TED Talk, you know, at some point. You know, I'm, I'm working on creating it here. But yes. just just the so, like, the, the immense amount of power that words have. I've heard studies about talking to plants. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah. can physically talk to plants yeah. and the, when you're doing love and care and all that, the we plants grow faster. When we lived in Lincoln, we used to tell Mr. Ficus, I hope you like us. Every single day we walked by because we wanted him to grow. <laughs> yeah. And he kept growing because we would talk to him. Well, because the previous 50 plants we tried to buy, yeah. neither Jen nor I have a strong green thumb. Yeah, so. we would pet our tree and say, Mr. Ficus, I hope you like us. And we would just walk on by. <laughs> I, I had forgotten that. Thank you for that memory. <laughs> Anyways, I appreciate that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just this, I, I think that like in an age of social media where words that an mm-hmm. individual, see, you, you go back a hundred years and the only thing that, that ever stayed were the words of an author, the words of somebody that was literate, somebody that had written something in a newspaper or book or Mm -hmm. whatever. In today's age, you know, anybody at any time can speak any word and then there's like this permanent record of it, whether it be Twitter or whether it be Facebook or whether it be whatever, you know, people can get a screen capture of it. So, you know, it started kind of there, just thinking about the power of words, but then thinking about how Jen and I were dealing with the pandemic and then hearing some other people talk about the pandemic and talk about their situation and talk about their lives. And they were so, I I just felt like they were anchored in the negative. And I just kept saying, don't say that about yourself. Don't say that about your situation. Don't say that about your finances. Words matter. They have power. They They are some of the most powerful things in the universe. I mean, if you believe in God, the very first, God said, let there be light. He spoke light into existence with words. Mm-hmm. So to me, you know, the power of words is something that I want people to reflect on, to think about, especially the words they say to themselves. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it was, um, the doctor was Dr. Emoto and he conducted these extensive studies about, exactly how intentions and water um, tensions with words can alter the shape of the crystallization in the water. Hmm. And they did this with like seven different that they did it. They had showcased it in the movie, what the bleep do we know, but they, they show about how specific words like love, hate, compassion, regret will actually crystallize differently. Yeah. That's incredible. I, I want to try it, really. You want to speak to ice? I do. You want to, you want to, well, I think the thing is you did something about writing on it or, you know, intention or thinking about it. Or, <laughs> I just think it's cool. Like, I, I think it's a really great concept. And going back to when he was talking about like, you know, animals that are abused and when you eat that, like, if do you take on that energy kind of thing? Yeah. Like, I, I've never heard that before, except I for either. Gavin hit one of our kids, uh, Gavin had talked to me. He went into veganism for a very long time. And so he would always tell me this every time I'd eat chicken, you know? So I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, you know, do you take on that energy? So that's interesting that you 
said that because I just thought he was making up things. You're not just what you eat. You're what you're what you ate ate. But it's true. Like, were they abused? Were they, yeah. you know, like it? It definitely made me think after you said that. Not when Gavin said it. <laughs> He's editing our shows. So hi, Gavin. <laughs> hi, Gavin. Hi, Gavin. <laughs> But I mean, I, th- I think it's a fair point because I, I do think that, okay, so if situations, if words, if, you know, whatever has power, like if you are in that situation, I do think that's, you're going you're gonna to make me want to go to Alaska and live alone, like that show I watch, you know, just so I can catch my oh. own fish that know they weren't abused no. and my own chickens. It's and, cold there. It's really cold. Oh, yeah. You don't like the cold. But it's, so I live in Los Angeles and and since the trip that I, uh, that I went on last year uh, with my wife, we went to, to Peru last year went completely vegan for 40 days beforehand with this, with this cleanse. Uh-huh. Um, because when we were going to be down in Peru, we sat for two ayahuasca ceremonies and just getting on that cleanse beforehand. I mean, I do, I maybe once, once a month, but I, I might eat meat, Yeah. but I'm very mindful of even where it comes from. And, and I, I'll actually go to specific farmers markets. I'm now to the point where I kind of, I found and researched this place in Santa Barbara where uh, you can go up there and you can bless the animal and then you're part of the ritual Aww. that you actually end it by. So that way, if you decide you really want to eat the meat, you're part of the whole process and then you get to use part of the skeleton for bone, like, sorry, the skeleton, the bones for jewelry if you'd like to, or you can leave it all there and bury it and you take whatever meat you need to so you can freeze it and you're good for six months. Oh, and it's a whole process of being completely mindful of the whole entire process and the transfer of energy because the sun's going to be shining down and a plant's going to take up that energy. And either we're going to eat that plant and take that sun's energy or another animal is going to eat that plant and then we're going to eat the animal and then we're going to get the sun's energy. Mm. So it's a matter of where are we in the middle of that process and how mindful and conscious are we and appreciative and yeah. grateful and finding the gratitude for those things. Yeah. Well, you've brought to mind something that, that you've brought to mind something I've never thought about before, and now I will probably be thinking about it for the next day or We're two. We're going to grow our own plants and animals, right? So we know yes that they're happy. I'm on that plan. Okay. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> high five for that. Happy animals, happy plants. <laughs> high five. High five. Long distance. Long yeah. distance. Long yes. distance. High five. Air high five over the uh, radio waves here. Right. And over so, the radio waves. <laughs> It's so true with words that matter because mm-hmm. it boils down to the, even the fundamentals of a biology. How many mouths do we have? One. How many ears do we have? Two. We should probably be listening twice as much as we talk. <laughs> and we should probably be a lot more careful of the things that we say and how we say them. I, I think I have two mouths. I just had a funny vision. <laughs> I just had a funny vision of a huge head with like five mouths on it. And, and, That'd be me. And, and one eye <laughs> yeah. and... And one ear. That's me. And that's Jen. I love food so much. So that just makes. That's five mouths to eat with. I know. I'd be so happy. You'd be so happy. (laughs) One good eye. (laughs) One good eye. Five great mouths. One ear in the back of your head. So you can say, I didn't hear that. (laughs) I'd be having all these great conversations that have all my favorite foods at once. Yes. Oh my God! Can you imagine taking taking a bite out of five different things at one time? Yes, I can. You need more arms. You need two more arms. No, I I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need those extra arms. <laughs> okay, mouth one. You you put the okay. Put this in this one. You this can one, this feed is, me. 
I no. Yeah. That sounds scary <laughs> with five mouths. I figured you'd eat my arm or something. I probably would. <laughs> what was that? I was good. Being mindful and grateful for everything too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> for this, sure. This is true. Well, Scott, as you as you uh, you know, kind of reflect on our current circumstance, you know, we're in, still in the midst of a pandemic. California is closing down now mm-hmm. for the second time. And so I'm sure there's people out there that are anxious, that are worried, that are nervous, that are unsettled. And so, you know, living the life you've lived, learning the lessons that you've already learned, taking away all of that with you, like what 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 would your advice be to somebody right now that is certainly not feeling hope-filled, that may feel, you know, uncomfortable, unsettled, anxious, worried, fearful, you know, what, what would you want to say to that person? I would say to that person that Fear is believing in a story that is a projected future, and that's not living in the present moment. Um, honor that feeling and feel those feel those inner emotions and honor them, and and you can forgive them and and accept the fact that they're trying to guide you, just as much as any other emotion is, and just try to be as present as where you are. And it's you can't feel fear. And gratitude at the same time. It's physically impossible. If you're 100% inside the emotion of gratitude, you can't be feeling fear. And it's such a, it changes the way that your, your inner organs work. It changes the way your emotions work. And if you can find moments where you feel that anxiety and you feel your heart racing or you really are worried about what's going to happen next, find something that you can really ground yourself into that, that you can find gratitude in. And that, that really you can find love, joy, or gratitude. But gratitude is the, the easiest one that I love to go to. And you find the things that you are most appreciative of. My little dog, Lucy, my, mm-hmm. my beautiful wife, Emily. Certain things that you can start appreciating and create that as your snowball effect around you. It's not that you're ignoring the present situation. It's still there. But you can create an emotional framework of love versus uh, a framework of stress and angst and anxiety. I I love that. I think a gratitude journal is one of the best things that somebody can do if you're experiencing, you know, fear and anxiety, even if it's the small stuff. You know, I had a conversation with somebody about this. You know, even if you, okay, I'm grateful I have my eyesight because some people don't. I'm grateful I have my hearing because some people don't. I'm grateful that I have a place to sleep tonight because some people don't. You know, like even the smallest of things, start with a list of 10 things that you're grateful for. Think about that, process that, let it sit with you and actually just own that. Yes, I am grateful for that. Think about all the awesome things I can do because I see or that I can taste or that I can hear, etc. Then the next day, maybe a list of 10 other things that you're grateful for and just continue to add on to that. Can you imagine how somebody would feel differently after oh. you know five days 10 days or something like that doing it yet at the end of 10 days you might have a hundred things that you're grateful for and none of them have anything to do with finances or none of them have anything to do with you know the present pandemic situation you know like that's how you kind of release some of that anxiety worry fear absolutely there's a there's a really if you haven't seen it there's a great movie called about time and uh it's it's a film that really exemplifies the way that that 
that we can cherish our moments. And I'm not trying to make anything morbid and say that you're someone's going to pass away right now. But if you knew today was your last day, if you just knew it and you didn't get too stressed about it, but you just knew it, how much more would you cherish every moment? And how much more would you find appreciation in the beauty in everything around you? Mm-hmm. And the film kind of, uh, Richard Curtis, the director, really put it together in such a beautiful way that you, you fall in love with life. And in the midst of the world being the way that it is versus believing a fear from the future or believing a, a, a past story that we're bringing up into our present emotional status and versus just accepting things the way that they are presently and then just finding the beauty in it from where we are, it can, it can transform you. And that kind of ties in with the whole counseling thing too with the pain because it's just finding gratitude even for pain. If it wasn't for those things and our addictions and our problems from our past, I say ours, but I'm talking about myself because <laughs> that's the only person I can speak for. But if I didn't have those, I wouldn't be the man that I am today. If I would have run away from those things instead of embracing them, my life experience would be so much dimmer and it'd be a lot more gray and it wouldn't be full of color and life. And the most beautiful things have come from those. Dick Nakhan has a book that's called uh, No Mud, No Lotus. And it's up, it's through the, it's through the soil, it's through the muck that the most beautiful things arise. So just if we lean into that and have faith and look at the joy and the beauty in the meantime, it's, I promise you, it's going to be a, a much more beautiful and plentiful day. Mm-hmm. For sure. Thank you so much, Scott. Well said. I think that's a great point to, uh, to finish our podcast here, thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, your thoughts, your ideas, some of your sharing. I, I just really appreciate it. You seem like an awesome, awesome person. And uh, I'm only upset about the fact that I'm not going to get to hang out with you anytime soon. But yeah. I will look forward to the time I get a chance to, to meet you personally. Well, we, we can listen to him. He has yes. a podcast. What's yes. your podcast called? Evolving Gladiators. It's called- called evolving gladiators it it launches because we did our first 15 episodes okay and uh and it's being launched in two weeks oh exciting congrats mm-hmm. so we, we will so uh, we will definitely be listening to you on your podcast and i look forward to uh to seeing you guys when it when it is physically feasible and possible you guys are equally as incredible and and again i commend you so much for this work that you guys are doing we, bringing so much light and hope and, and love to everyone in a time when they need it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for saying that. You know, we, we're just doing our best. We're just trying to make a difference with our fellow man. Yes, we are. So what did you think of our conversation, Sean? Well, I, I loved him. I thought he was great. I think he's my brother from another mother. You know what I'm realizing doing this podcast What's that? I got lots of brothers out there. (laughs) And lots of other mothers. Yes, I got lots of brothers from other mothers out there. You know, just I I just like talking to people that get me thinking, you know, that change your mindset about something. And I certainly felt like some of what he shared, I'm Mm -hmm. not going to think about ice the same way. I'm not going to think about my food the same way. And just like the, the, the whole kind of embracing the struggle. Right. You know, when somebody's in that, you're feeling those emotions, to mm-hmm. sit with those emotions, to acknowledge them, you know, the the counseling piece and yeah. all of it. I just thought it was awesome. Well, he had said, uh, vulner- vulnerability is our superpower. How do you say that word? Vulnerability. Vulnerable. Wait, vulnerability. It's a hard Vul- word. Now you're making me think about it too much. Vulnerability. Vul- <laughs> 
Ver- Verner. Vernabil- Vernal. No, I can't say it. Say it. No. One, two, three. Verner. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it. Uh, it's you a are big word. But vulnerability. Yeah, that. You got to say it fast. Vernal. No, it's not burn. Vuln. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a whole show on words. Can we say, edit this out? Say iron. <laughs> no. Now Why not? I, now you're teasing me. Say um, button. No. <laughs> teasing me again. Three so anyway, teases and you're out. Okay. I will not not want to be out. So. <laughs> Wait, not not. Does that like counteract and like knock them out? Two negatives yeah. turn into a positive? Yeah. I don't know. I think it does. All right. So anyway, I liked talking with him I felt like it was very very enlightening for me Mm -hmm. and I liked his message and I think he's an awesome person and I want to watch movies with him because I think he's got some great great movie knowledge you guys can do that over FaceTime right yes yeah so we're here's Scott here's what we're gonna do we're gonna we're gonna get on FaceTime we're gonna watch Gladiator together that's what's gonna happen either Gladiator or Braveheart one of the two like those are two or Princess Bride no he said he likes Princess Bride I understand but I want to watch a fighting movie with him I want to watch a like (laughs) okay we'll watch two if you want to watch that movie with with him, that's fine. I just want to watch a fighting movie with him. Okay, we can watch two. Okay, two movies is better. That's so, more popcorn. Uh, did you did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. I thought you're going to do an ice experiment, aren't I'm you? I'm going to do an ice experiment because I really want to see this happen. I want yes. to see the science experiment. Yeah, can you imagine um, the ice that you talk negatively to and like it has horns and spikes and. Sh- stuff stuff yeah well you know what's funny is like it's really hard for me to talk negatively to anything kind of like how this morning while we were running on the trails and i was supposed to have a sad mean face yeah i couldn't do a sad mean face yeah like you're like you don't look mad you don't look sad yeah (laughs) i'm like i just i just want to be happy so it'll be hard for me to talk to the negative ice cube but i'll do it I appreciate that about you. And I actually thought the same thing. I thought it mm-hmm. was interesting this morning. I didn't say anything to you, but mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that you had difficulty creating a frown or a sad face. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I love that you're that way. I know. That you're happy and you're I positive. I happiness and, yeah. no matter what. But yeah, it was very difficult. So I wanted to post a picture of me being sad because there was a sign that said the trail was closed, but I could do nothing but smile. I know. That's because so. I was the cameraman. Yeah. I was smiling at you. <laughs> my samurai all right so hopefully people enjoyed our interview with scott check him out at evolvinggladiators.com i think you can do a search for that i think his podcast is is coming but then journey of man journey underscore of underscore man two weeks he'll have his podcast ready for all of us to listen into yeah i can't wait to hear it yeah all right so uh, for those that want to hear more of our podcast Mm -hmm. how would they do so jennifer well you can tune in on iHeartRadio. Also on iTunes, you can ask Alexa to play the Hope Radio podcast. We're on SoundCloud. We are on Google Play, Stitcher. Spotify. 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 Yeah. And then on social media, how do people find us? You can always find us on social media on Facebook and Instagram, both at the Hope Radio podcast. Awesome. Check us out. Go there now. Take a listen. Subscribe, like, Yes, please, please. Five-star reviews only. That's that's all we actually accept. So, All right, so I'm excited. I got another interview planned for tomorrow. We're getting back in the swing of things after mm-hmm. being gone. So on to the next. Should we do this another day? We should always one more do time. it another day. Should we do it one more time, Jen? A lot of more times. Let's. Oh, I agree. Okay. Let's go that direction. Let's do it.